0: Yeah, I haven't thought about this guy in a long time. This is. <laughs> Hold on, I'm I'm still a little flummoxed. Um,
1: yeah, I thought you I thought you'd like so, this one. Mm,
0: so in a, in a rare in a rare, uh change of events, uh, you you have decided to lead this show uh, to to give us the the prompt for the show opening, and this is this is kind of this is this is a lot. So you'll have a link in the show notes, but so this is, this is an article with an embedded tweet within a tweet, which is. And ignore the ignore the siren in the background. Um yeah, I haven't thought about this guy in a long time. So there's a there's a entrepreneur named Steve Moeller <laughs> who <laughs> who owns a uh a small market um sports team um called the Los Angeles Clippers. And okay, there's there's a lot of things here. So one, people should pause the show and go watch this 18 second clip where this uh excited man in a hard hat um talks about toilets but there's a few things here one wait actually I, maybe i don't know correct me i thought the clippers the la kings and the lakers all played at what was formerly known as the staples center they currently do that's right what in god's green earth is the intuit dome i
1: th- I think we've
0: talked about it
1: on the show but that's it, a while ago now so one of the things that balmer wanted to do pretty much right from the get-go when he bought the clippers was was move them out of the same arena as the lakers and and get them into their own arena and so they're building this Intuit dome um arena i think it's like close to where um sofi stadium is like that whole area is getting you know kind of developed um and this is this is part of that and it's opening um i think maybe like not next season but like the season after something like that
0: you're much more plugged into southern california culture than i am what is what is the la forum
1: uh well the the forum's been around forever so that that's where the um, the lakers used to play before they moved to Staples center and it's now largely a concert venue. And and the, the Intuit Dome is I think yeah really really close to where that is.
0: So apparently the LA Forum also known as the Kia Forum is also, is owned by Steve Ballmer as well.
1: Well so yeah, there, there was an there was an interesting story there where I think the forum was owned by um um like the same group that owns like Madison Square Garden and like that that whole setup. No, and and they they put a they put up a big stink when Balmer wanted to build his arena so close to where the forum was, you know, for fear that it would kind of cannibalize some of the shows and and stuff that would that would go to the the forum. And the way that Balmer resolved it was he just bought the forum, <laughs> which was a which was a pretty good flex.
0: Yeah. Also, well, okay, so that that's that's a a plus for Southern California because James Dolan is a trash person but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh real 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 a, a very very bad person um so yeah in 2012 the forum was purchased by Madison Square Garden company away from faithful central bible church for 23 million dollars that seems low and plans to renovate the uh, forum was some something and steve Ballmer bought it for 400 million yeah. oh well now i feel now i feel less good because uh james dolan made a bunch of money on the deal um yeah, that's hmm. and currently it's called the Kia Forum, and because of Kia's terrible rebranding, it could also be called the Kn Forum. <laughs> <sighs> um, okay, so going back to the uh, to toilets. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I uh, Steve Ballmer doesn't occupy a lot of brain space for me. There's there's a lot of people um who live <laughs> rent free in my head, but Steve Ballmer's not one of them. Uh, luckily. But yeah, so he's here in a high vis vest uh, and a hard hat. Well, a, well, Intu-
1: not not just a high vis vest and hard hat, a Clippers branded, Intuit Dome branded vest well, and hard
0: hat. Well, well, so hold on, let's put a pin in that. So, uh, do regular people know who Intuit is? Because I know taxes don't have a good reputation. Like people don't get excited about taxes. And Intuit and TurboTax are both like parasitic companies. Like they're really they're really bad, other than QuickBooks, which is uh like chaotic neutral in terms of that whole thing. Like, no, Turbo TurboTax is is a good product run by a very bad company that lobbies against the ability for people to file their taxes for free. But doesn't TurboTax have more brand affinity? It like regular people don't know what Intuit is, do they?
1: I bet more people know what Intuit is than they do crypto dot com.
0: Well but uh, but turbotax if, if you ask people do you know what, what Intuit is and you ask do you know what TurboTax is, I feel like people think TurboTax first. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, the TurboTax Forum. It feels again, you just you leave off the U and then it's it's it it all makes sense.
1: Well maybe they'll yeah. put maybe they'll rebrand the forum, the TurboTax Forum, and that can be next to the Intuit Dome. If that actually happens, I'm, I'd am i be willing to entertain the idea that that's now the new um, king of stadium branding surpassing the HP Pavilion.
0: Also, I really have to get to the bottom of when they renamed the street in front of the HP Pavilion, Barack Obama Place, because that feels a bit on the nose.
1: Yeah, that... But, like, um, I mean, I haven't been to a Sharks game in um, <laughs> over three years now, but that... Um, I think that's happened sometime since then, because I'm fairly certain when I was last there in 2019 that that was not the name of the street.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But again, I, I can't complain, because I got the, the Pope spot at La Victoria, so it was all good. Technically, the Pope spot for La Victoria is in front of a Chipotle, which which is, is more of a, a paradoxical thing of wondering why anybody would ever go to... Well, we covered on, uh, like, maybe three weeks ago, uh, like, the... The imbalance of how bad Chipotle is compared to something else is it's 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 quite a decision somebody would have to make. Uh, but anyway, going back to this, so yeah, he's 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 in that Hive's vest, which is very well branded, and he's wearing a hard hat and a name tag. But
1: which I which I really appreciate. Does it does it
0: say hi? I'm Steve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it should. If it doesn't, um, I, I'm fair. It, it's a little hard to tell, but I'm fairly certain. Like it's his actual like photo on here. Like this is like a legit like. Mm-hmm. hey i'm the i'm the owner but i'm you know i'm gonna f- walk the company line here and wear wear the same badge that everybody else does
0: i I appreciate that yeah he puts his pants one leg at a uh, pants on one leg at a time like everybody else oh and he's wearing um, uh
1: he's wearing goggles too I actually didn't pick up on that at first very safety conscious
0: or maybe he's wearing stogies or whatever the thing that you <laughs> you bought a year ago oh yeah um so with this so people will remember uh in his in his so this is Steve Ballmer's third act and I guess. So his second act was that he was the chairman CEO of the Microsoft corporation. What was his and, first one? Uh just being a nerd. That's kind of everybody's first act.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I thought I thought I thought he did
1: something that was successful b- before Microsoft. Have, I thought have was Have we ever
0: I think I've tried to bully you into watching Have you ever watched The Pirates of Silicon Valley? I haven't, but I I'd, I'd be open to it. You I, I'm not sure that's a thing to do with the, like it's 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 I think it's obje- an objectively pretty good movie. So I don't know if that would be a family viewing event, but I do I do think there are worse things that you and the lady friend could watch. It's a tight Oh I'm sure they have I'm
1: sure there is, and I'm sure we do.
0: Oh, I as we <laughs> to bring an <laughs> offline conversation online, uh in four weeks I really uh am looking forward to hearing how bad you think the morning sh- uh morning show season two is. Oof. Um but no, but so the Pirates of Silicon Valley, it's a very interesting movie. And it's it was, I think it was originally a made for TV movie that got re- like pr- a proper release later in life. Did you ever watch uh, the television show ER?
1: Uh, I mean, not regularly, but I'm
0: sure I've seen an episode or two. Sure. But you're, you're aware of it. And it's it's kind of where, it's not where George Clooney got his start, but he was a handsome man on NBC for a while. And that was kind of a thing that people liked. Mm-hmm. But no, But do you know who Noah Wiley is? Of course, yeah, uh, yeah. He, f-
1: fall, f- uh, falling skies, falling skies. God, I can't remember the name of the show, but I, I was into that.
0: What's falling skies?
1: That was like his. That was like his big, uh, his big sci-fi show that he did.
0: Oh well, I guess before that, he he was he was the cute doctor on ER yeah, 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 for yeah. like for like fifteen years.
1: Yeah, fall, falling skies. Yeah, it, um, not a show you would like, but a, but a show I enjoyed. Kind of Battlestar <laughs> I mean, Galactica
0: esque. Well, yeah, but also in in my late. So I'm kind of a sci-fi hater as as has been noted on the ah, show, you, you don't say. <laughs> Stop it. Um I, I think I'm on the right side of history as as noting that basically all sci-fi sucks. <laughs> it's not very oh, it's not very good. Um, and as, as you'll get to later about the Mandalorian season three. Um or a, a show that presupposes that you should have to watch a bunch of other stuff in order to get it. But anyway. Um yeah, so so Noah Wiley plays Steve Jobs in The Pirates of Silicon Valley. And and no spoilers for a movie that was released 30 years ago. Um, but they have this thing. You remember in the 90s when there was like not really special effects? They have this thing where S- Steve Ballmer comes, like he starts, like he breaks the fourth wall or the third wall, whatever the thing is. And he like steps out of the scene that he's in and does this like narrative thing talking about like the geniusness of a situation of when like uh, Bill Gates is trying to license DOS from like it is such it it's a fantastic movie and not because it's good but because it's just anyway hmm you should watch it um but sorry Steve Ballmer is a guy who ran Microsoft for a while and he had a thing where i think it was at the 1998 developers conference hold on develop so open quotes developers developers developers
1: yeah definitely getting those kind of vibes from this
0: um, well that's exactly what it is though yeah so so from geekwire.com just tell me what year it was um why won't you okay anyway there's a thing where at i think it was pdc that which is what um Microsoft's version of like WWDC was. He comes on stage and is, oh and somebody has a five hour version of him saying developers, developers, developers on YouTube. Because <laughs> of course Um, he comes on stage and he is sweating through his button down Oxford shirt and he is just clapping and ranting and raving and screaming developers, developers, developers and it's the most iconic moment in like th- there's the introduction of the iPhone, maybe the introduction of the Mac, and there's Steve Vollmer doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so going back to the to toilets, um this is not gonna go down as one of our best shows. Um he is he's in that high vis jacket and the hard hat, and he is talking with that same level of enthusiasm how the uh sorry, what's it called? Intuit dome. The, The Intuit Dome is going to have three times as many toilets and urinals so that you can get back to your seat Mm -hmm. quicker. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, he trails off and says something about clocks. And oh, man, it's pretty good. It's kind of like I so and when I was searching before a few quick data points about Steve Ballmer that I did not know. And I accidentally just mistyped his name as Steve Ballmer's. Um, he's 6'5", and, which you can't really tell from the photos. Huh? And he is worth $83 billion. Wow. Uh, people also search for Satya Nadella. You don't say. <laughs> um, actually, no, that is a good question. Uh, from the people also ask section, how much does uh, Microsoft, does Steve Ballmer own? 4.5%. Less than I would have thought. Anyway, um, yeah, that's anyway, that's a very interesting link. Thank you for sharing that. Um,
1: yeah, I'm glad I actually was prepared. I most of the time when you ask me for an opener, I say that's your job, but this was a rare occasion (laughs) where you asked me for an opener and I said, as a matter of fact, a couple hours ago, I put a, put a thing in the
0: thing that that might work and I'm glad it did uh i appreciate you took the the more charitable version of that other than like then other than saying no that that's what you you get like that's what the money's for or or saying no that's that's your job i don't do that Mm -hmm. um yeah this i've been staring at this image for a while and i appreciate the part about this is that you have like this half finished cement thing in the background and there's just some random uh basketball hoop in the background which i feel is very on brand
1: yeah that's it's that's pretty good.
0: <sighs> okay, um, let's move on to official business. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, I feel like this is actually probably better for an offline conversation. But I guess, are you caught up on shrinking? Let's let's ease into follow up. Oh, of
1: of course. Yeah.
0: Can you tell me? Are you as positive about the show as you were uh, a few weeks ago? I am. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I really, really like that show. Yeah, I feel like the last two episodes are some of uh, the weakest television I've seen. It feels like lazy writing, and um, yeah, you know, it feels very much like an Aaron Sorkin show in in so far as strong start falls off really fast.
1: No, yeah. well, you don't you don't always have to be the one that's right on the show, so that's okay.
0: Uh, it just works out that way. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, um, I still uh, I am waffling between because I need kind of a background viewing thing. I'm waffling between because we covered that I've watched that I watched 30 episodes of Emily in Paris, right?
1: I think that may have been an offline offline conversation. See, we're gonna this we're gonna start getting confused with that again now that we'll be able to see each other a little more regularly we we got to recall what's been offline, offline, what's been offline, online, and what's been
0: online, online, which I guess is what this show is. I don't know. All I know is that millennials and Gen Z are what are called very online people. Mm. Um. And I always forget, is it offline, online, or online, offline? It's offline, online, right? It's tomato, tomato. I keep wanting to register that domain name, but I never remember which one it is. So anyway. Um... Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Emily Paris is is a good is is, is a bad show that's, a, that's good. Turn off your brain TV. But I kind of want another show to watch, and I, and I, my choices are I either. So when the pandemic started, I rewatched all seven seasons of Mad Men, and I'm thinking of doing that again because it's been three years. Or I could watch For All Mankind, but I still don't want to.
1: No, that's not good um, background viewing
0: but i'm just but i'm literally never gonna give it the time of day to watch it with my full attention like I, it's it's I, it's, just, it's never it's not gonna happen i kind of forget how bad your taste in tv is it's it's not coming from the person who has never watched succession and has had four years to do so um
1: well yeah but now I, I, now I, i'm gonna be able just to
0: binge watch the whole thing when i get to it that'll be kind of nice but it's not a binge watchy show that's that's too much awfulness to, to to stomach at one time. It's a fantastic TV show, but it's, they're terrible people. Um, alternatively, I could also watch Billions, mm. maybe. I, or I couldn't uh, that uh, super pumped show that may or may not be getting a second season. That also, for reasons but, I can't say, know that Travis Kalanick religiously watched. I don't know. Um,
1: <sighs> you would have to. I think you'd have to like find that. Um, falling out of the back of
0: a truck. I'm, I'm, though wasn't that one of the shows that Showtime like pulled? I don't. Well, it has a um, it has a second season order for it, ostensibly. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm 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 very well versed in, in uh, uh catching things before they entirely fall off the truck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. But but yeah, for all mankind, like I just I, I Is it? It's not sci-fi. not Is it? Is it? Is it interesting? Like, does it have, like, does it make you want to watch the next episode? Like, does it have that dramatic pull?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, also, you... um, it's also been a show, so there's been three seasons, and it's mm-hmm. gotten consistently better, which is not to say that season one wasn't good. I mean, it, it kind of has the traditional, you know, oh, you're saying few that, episodes you're saying it... to get going, but... You're saying that it
0: doesn't have the sophomore slump that a no, lot of shows yeah, suffer no, from.
1: No, not, not at all. And, and and I thought season three was its strongest. Like, it just it's gotten consistently better. So,
0: yeah. Did you ever watch, there was that AMC show that was apparently very well-reviewed, but kind of nobody watched. It was called Halt and Catch Fire. I did, did not, ever...
1: but I've heard of it.
0: Yeah, good thing about that one, too. But also, Mad Men is it's such a fucking good show.
1: Well, that's a no. good um, that's a good background show.
0: Well, yeah, because sure. like I I already know everything that happens, and I can I can notice I I can notice all my favorite scenes. Like yeah. it's just well, and, and I and I say this as somebody who loves that show. Like
1: you know, not not much happens. That's not a show you have to you know <laughs> watch every you know second of.
0: Oh, can I can I make a, a quick uh, early up early in the episode? Chef specials. Um, the uh, so it's uh, on Instagram, madmen. QTS. It's Mad Men Quotes. It is an account that all it does is, like, every couple of days, they'll just post an amazing clip or like set of screenshots from a scene in Mad Men. It really brightens up my day. And like there's also a scene where uh, Peggy stumbles into the office one day and says, oh shit, it's, like, I think she says (laughs) June 1st, but every single month he'll just change it to be whatever the current month is. And it's just it's such a good account and also it's a show that you really don't remember how good it was.
1: It, it's it's really good. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, I should follow that account. You you post things or you 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 sometimes send me um Instagram messages with links to their posts and I always always enjoy what you send. So I should yeah. just follow that.
0: Yeah. The problem is that January Jones, what was her name, Betty? She got such a the short end of the stick. Where she was such a good actress and had a really strong character for like the first two and a half seasons, and then they just they just kind of lost the plot on what she was gonna do after that where yeah that yeah. That, that that happens in shows a lot, yeah, like it just it, and it stinks to be that character because you're because you're as, as the actress or the actor you're like you're doing the best that you can, but you know sometimes it just doesn't work out mm hmm yeah, I mean, like Don, to a degree, became a character a caricature of himself, and they kind of ended up recycling things. But yeah, I don't know. Jones stayed... anyway. That's a good show. That might that might decide it. Very very good show. Okay, but shrinking people can even pass. Uh, uh Great, uh, great, uh, amazing, idea, yeah. uh, amazing theme song. Really? No, no. You you. Yeah, no 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 spoilers, but no. Mm. Okay. Um. We, I actually don't know how this, this, this is maybe follow up from seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess like we have, um, I don't even know the context that this would come up in, but we've talked about nutrition, I I, I guess, in the past.
1: I I was thinking about it, um, today. I think for one reason or another, we were talking about cliff bars and they they, they, were, yeah, they were our example of of food that was marketed as healthy that when you you know well, spend 10 seconds looking at the nutritional facts you realize is anything but
0: well i don't think it's cliff bars specifically it's because cliff car cliff bars uh which are the pride of emeryville california second uh, uh, up in pixar is a distant second um like they're they're like is it kind no it's not kind bars which which are the nutrition bars that are basically candy bars
1: I thought it was. Kind I thought
0: of, it was Cliff Bars, but or, no, because Cliff Cliff Bars are basically earthquake kit food, and this came up yeah, a thing yesterday. Sorry, at Whole Foods they now sell a product called Walking Tamales, and just as a as a moral and like a, a cultural thing, I'm I'm really upset by because you're you're taking what is one of the best parts of Latin American cuisine, and you're basically turning it into earthquake kit rations. So that that that's upsetting, but...
1: No, so I, I'm have, I'm thinking of Cliff Bars, but Kind Bars but cl- fall into this category, too.
0: Well, no, but Cliff Bars have the kind of... Because, well, Cliff Bar, the original one, it has the texture... Like, they are so um, profoundly dry and not tasty. There is a thing where... Have you ever had something called a Builder Bar? Uh, what'd you call me? A, a builder bar because like, cliff no. bar eventually became got wise to um the fact that their core product is bad and they made something called the builder bar which is basically a candy bar and it has allegedly I mean because the ones that are the best are the the chocolate peanut butter ones let me see Build,
1: builder bars
0: what? um oh and then they have a subscription like everything else good job um So (laughs) this goes back to the to the uh, the nutrition thing. Oh, they're low glycemic, but how much sugar is in it? Okay, so let's 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 go into this. So one bar that's sixty eight grams has twenty nine grams of carbs, nineteen grams of sugar, seventeen of which are added sugar. Like they
1: it's they have a version of the Builder Bar that mm -hmm. has protein and caffeine.
0: Oh, are you, are you saying I could throw away my espresso machine what well, so hold on let, let, me, yeah, let me it go.
1: has sixty five milligrams of caffeine which they say is equivalent to a shot of espresso
0: well it was a single shot though uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah i also I also find it funny or honestly well is this thing I'm gonna cancel for no like because cliff bars have like they try to differentiate their product segment and they also made like I feel like this this is it's it's twenty twenty three this is not okay anymore they have like so they have Luna bars. Like, they tried to do, like, gender segmenting on nutrition bars. Like, it, it just feels very weird. But, like, they, like their core product was bad, and then they tried to make kids ones, and they tried to make these builder bars. But basically, overall, it's just stuff that's marketed as health food but is basically just different vehicles for added sugar. And basically, going back to the original thing, was that the FDA, which of, like... a. Infamously, made the food pyramid, which was influenced by the sugar lobby and and grain farmers, and kind of like when you think about how, um, um, like, like how Congress subsidizes so much of like corn farming and that kind of stuff, like the food pyramid and the FDA was never a uh, impartial and like food agnostic product and for a while we got sucked into the whole 90s thing of hey it's low fat but we never paid attention to the amount of artificial stuff and the sugar content of things that went into it so now the fda is trying to correct that to a degree and certain elements of american agriculture are very upset by it
1: yeah i i have to admit that i totally didn't realized that sugar was not something um that was factored into whether or not um or it, it was not factored into the FDA's guidelines around labeling something as healthy i mean i guess i sort of knew that in the abstract just given that you know all this stuff that was marked as healthy had a bunch of sugar but i guess i didn't really think about it being like literally part of the government's guidelines and it's yeah it's it's really interesting slash good i think that they're you know change or well trying to anyway change that
0: yeah like as, as somebody who used to be a larger person there was this whole peer like uh situation where like we had like uh, what was that there was a whole like it's a very jerry seinfeld thing but like the whole like fig newtons thing and i remember like i used to one of the things i i as an adult kind of a bum that i have aged out of is that did you ever have an affinity for sour gummy worms <laughs> or is that just me.
1: Oh, I still do. It's the sour sour candy uh, is a is a weakness oh, of man. mine, particularly
0: <sighs> sour gummy worms. Like as, as somebody who now takes one their health slightly more seriously except this winter. Nope, don't 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 look at my Strava or what who owns Withings now? Is it is it Google or Nokia? It's an anyway,
1: no- Nokia.
0: I feel like you're making fun of me because I because I went through a period where I tried to pronounce it accurately and then you anyway but that like would, yeah we would, ne-
1: would never make fun of you
0: yeah it's 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 been a bad winter for uh for uh that kind of thing but no but there was the 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 sour gummy worms i used to like i hated i always felt it was so disingenuous on the package it is it said it's it would say fat free food on it on a product that is like basically every serving of which there are like five in the bag is like 40 grams of sugar it was very is very <laughs> is quintessentially american mm-hmm. of saying that yeah yeah it's 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 a lot oh, okay um and then yeah follow-up shrinking is bad okay all right new business actually can we can i can i push forward a topic yeah let's do the, it the you you are an advocate or you very much love your um uni pizza oven
1: i do correct Yes, I'm, yeah. um, I've, there's been a couple of occasions recently where I wish I could be using it, but it's it's not it's not good rainy <laughs> it, it, it weather. It won't stop raining? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Alleg- allegedly, okay. tomorrow is going to be the, or sorry, Thursday is going to be the rainiest day in the Bay Area in, like, the past yeah, year, I, I so saw, have fun with that. I,
1: I saw that, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> it feels like, again, even though I, I appreciate the excuses to not be able to go run, um, it has been really fun rainy this past year and it's bumming me out.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um can I can I tell you about Peloton?
0: Uh, you can, but I'm never going to I I feel like are are people not over it? Like I mean, mm, can you see the total number of people that are tuning into a class? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Has um, that has that dropped off since the height of the pandemic?
1: I I don't ever. Um,
0: I I really don't ever do classes
1: live, so I couldn't I couldn't
0: tell you. Oh, so it doesn't tell you like, hey, thirty four hundred people were did this live. Um, I like guess like well, it tells you it tells you the total number of people who
1: have um taken the class. It doesn't specifically say of those people.
0: X number took
1: it the first time this aired,
0: but well, cl- clarify for me: is this like so? You are a big, fan, um, a, a noted author now, apparently. Mm,
1: yeah,
0: um, uh, I, I have conflicted feelings about that. Um, you're a big fan of of one uh, Benjamin Aldis, correct? Of London Town. Hmm. Um. So, when you pick us class, are you? do you just like, does it just have a thing like, hey, here's your favorite instructor and here's the most recent live class that they did? Like, yep. are you just redoing old classes or do you, is it, when you choose your preferred instructor, does it just show you the most recent live one that they did? So you're always getting something that's fairly fresh. Correct.
1: That. Um, and he, he, I mean, he has such a huge back catalog that no, I don't, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I've repeated maybe a, a cup, like a class or two that I really liked, but no, most of the time I'm taking something new and he puts out, um, you know, he puts out probably three to six new classes a week. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing the, the Peloton quite that often. So,
0: uh, you're, uh, Apple fitness alerts me sometimes you're, you're, you're doing more than you have been. Uh Kudos. well
1: the bar was really, really low um <laughs> coming into uh this calendar year. But yeah, it's gotten um it's gotten a bit better the past couple of months.
0: Mm-hmm. This this calendar year, this fiscal
1: year. I can't remember um, I, said, I I sent you a screenshot um it must have been around like the beginning of January, where like in very quick succession I got like an email from Peloton and then an email from
0: or no, you know, it, it
1: was an email from Peloton and it was an Apple Health push notification like within like 15 minutes of each other both indicating that <laughs> just get my, off your ass. <laughs> yeah. um which you know i mean i i, I kind of poke fun at them but i you know actually it's been pretty much since that moment where i was like all right i got to get the, back the on e-
0: <laughs> the email subject line just said being a parent no excuse yeah, well um uh, uh, fun times um okay so anyway so pizza thoughts how, no how did this relate wait how did well, that we did, we did relate it a, to Uni and then that went to Rain
1: L oh, and Oh, oh and yes, and so then, yeah. Thank, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. thank yep, you. Thank there you. We go, there we go. Peel peeling back so, the
0: So, Okay. So I like about it the, like you know how they have like the little banner at the top that tells you the future of pizza has arrived. Uni's been a company for like six years. That's you don't get to keep saying that. Um so you posted this thing and so you have the which which uni do you have?
1: Oh gosh. Their names are Um, not the most memorable. So I have the, uh, I have the karu Twelve, multi fuel pizza oven.
0: And which kind of fuel do you use for it? If I remember correctly, you use wood. Of
1: of course, yeah. No, I I use I use wood. So out of the box, it works with wood and charcoal. And then you can buy a little. I think it's about a hundred bucks. Little adapter. Um. Where you can hook up a propane tank to it, but no, I, I've is, I've only
0: ever used wood. This is much cheaper than I thought it was.
1: Well, yeah, yeah I mean, there's part- not, especially the... So the one that I have that you know doesn't do like um, gas out of the box. Like yeah, there's not, the there's not, there's not a ton to it. I mean, it's it's a it's a you know sturdy, nice piece of equipment, <laughs> but there's no no real like moving parts or anything to it.
0: So okay. I feel like I'm souring on uni already. So when you go to the page for the Unicaru, they're one of those... Do you have, do you ever see those companies where every single feature on them, they have to give it a weird name? So on this one, so Unicaru's 12G's Clearview, spelled as one word, trademark technology prevents soot and ash buildup. And also they have the Grab door handle <laughs> uh, that stays cool to the touch. Anyway, I can attest that this uni pizza oven creates delicious pizza so Mm -hmm. i i can't hate on it um it also comes with (laughs) the great pizza guarantee um will you come to my house and make a good one for me i I don't think they can guarantee that technically but uh the reason i bring this up is that or well you put in the in the slack that there is now this can be used indoors which is that's 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 challenging for me because i have a cozy ish 680 square foot apartment where i don't think like i already have a stand mixer and a breville toaster oven and my whole espresso setup so i, I just don't have the counter space for this because I, I did give it a lot of thought but they made a 12 volt um electric pizza oven that is an indoor version of an uni and it takes 20 minutes to get up to 850 degrees and you can simulate kind of that neapolitan style pizza oven indoors so i think this is actually like it's it's a logical extension of the brand and it makes sense sort of but i do i don't know like i, I do feel like it it, it makes more sense to, like to be outdoors like the whole point is that you like the, it's kind of like espresso like the, the process is half of the experience that, that's
1: that's it that was exactly where i was gonna go yeah that's spot spot on
0: well, and that's the thing where because I I looked at this and uh, Breville um, has what is it called Breville pizza oven? They have something similar. Like this, this isn't an, a unique idea. So if you Google, actually, do ah, the magic of the internet, I can send you, I can send you a link. Um, Breville has the the smart oven trademark Pizza Iolo, <laughs> which is uh, actually is it more expensive? No, it's the exact same price. Uh well actually the uni is ninety five cents cheaper. So there's that. There you go. I anyway, they they like this is not a unique product in that sense. And also like time and place, my strong preference is like I, I Neapolitan and fancy pizzas often just burnt pizza. That is not your pizza. You you make better pizza. Thank you. But when you go to a restaurant, and I do think this is more of a knock against—you've been to Hildesberg before?
1: <laughs> Never heard of it.
0: Like I forget which restaurant it is, um, but there are there are a lot of places that will sell you Italian-style pizza, and it's just burnt pizza. Like it, it you do a good balance of ingredients, and I have found places like there's a a spot that does something as close to. It's Italian-style pizza called uh, Pizzaiolo in uh, Oakland that is very good. But oftentimes, authentic Italian pizza is just burnt-ass pizza. So that is where, I don't know, this this seems like a stretch for $1,000 for indoor pizza when you can very much just go to Nugget Market, get some nice pizza dough, Get your cast cast iron sixteen inch pan out and make yourself an amazing pizza style pizza and just have a grand old time. I yeah,
1: know. I think I think if you're going to be making pizza indoors, that's the way to go. Like I, I do think something like um the Volt is a neat idea, especially if you know you don't have the option of of having um one of their outdoor wood burning ovens. But it, I, I do also kind of fail to see the the point of having a standalone device like this if you're just going to be using it indoors because so much of what makes the uni great is is the the experience of <laughs> using it outside with wood
0: that that whole thing um so <laughs> the carbon emissions <laughs> um <laughs> have you had have you have you uh, ever encountered the balmuda uh what would you call me Yes, uh, people could have predicted that. So this is this is the Balmuda. if you are somebody who has ever thought of a pour over coffee, you I you have are not. in the well, like you were in the wheelhouse of what the Balmuda is. So this is a Japanese style toaster oven, but it harnesses the power of steam. Mm. And this was the first thing I thought of when I saw the the electric uni, and. I've thought about this, but I love my, like I have, what, what do I have? I have the Breville smart oven pro Excel, maybe like I, I love my Breville toaster oven. It's, it's got convection cooking. It's, it's, it's one of the best things you can buy for $299, but this has tempted me a couple of times. Oh, if you have the counter space, maybe, maybe put this in your, um, labor day shopping cart uh, yeah, or whatever why don't
1: we also we're also a breville toaster household in fact i was just thinking about that now we've had that breville toaster like i mean going way back to um like our san francisco apartment days um,
0: like the breville the breville toaster oven it's it it is so good because it, it it eliminates so many of the times that you would need to fire up like the actual oven oh yeah like it, it's just so good for that yeah, it's great yeah um, I do like this Balmuda toaster oven. Actually, literally has an icon that's for croissants. So that's that's very much in my point, way. Point, points four. Mm-hmm.
1: The Balmuda. So they make a toaster, a speaker, a but what kettle, is, no, I, I, and a no, lantern. No, so I'm, I'm
0: I am on the speaker icon, and or what the fuck is this? The brilliance of music. I legitimately don't know what this is.
1: Uh this is no is no Sonos uh Sonos Era 300 that's for sure.
0: Also, did you see the articles that the new like CEO or the like somebody at the top of Slack inside Salesforce is is the previous VP of software at Sonos?
1: Uh that did not In, come across my radar. No.
0: Yeah, interesting fit. But but again, I, I immediately thought like, oh no, Ryan loves the Someone's Sonos app, so maybe she'll fix uh, the notifications in Slack. <laughs> one one can hope. <laughs> I either always have a persistent notification that says there's something new when there absolutely isn't, or it doesn't notify me I, when there is something new. <laughs> so I have that's...
1: <laughs> ever ever since I got back from parental leave at work, my work Slack has has had a one unread Slack <laughs> notification icon
0: um well because the reality is there's always 13 unread or zero unread and it's <laughs> so it's never one yeah.
1: and why why are they the only service on the internet that hasn't figured out how to keep notifications synced across devices i just i don't
0: i don't uh, get it well well sales i don't know sales salesforce like software's hard
1: Scra- scrappy young
0: company uh-huh you know uh, what's it actually what's is his name reed hoffman Who, who's the guy isn't that isn't that netflix's guy you're talking about benioff mark benioff yeah 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 anyway okay like that like things to say ah oh, anyway uh, univolt so so related to this quickly um uh we talked about it nugget market do you have one near you or is or is the cordon madera one the closest one to you
1: no we've, we've got one in uh Nevada. yeah Oh, good. That's been so a, they, a, a regular pizza dough supplier here for the uni.
0: Well, so so Bay, Bay Area, folks, um, if you don't already know, it's the Nugget Market based in Davis, California. Uh, it's a very, very cute and nice uh, boutique grocery store. But they have, hands down, the best pre-made pizza dough that you can get readily available from anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I was I was there for the first time in a few months was it always $5? No.
1: I, so I I I actually I I didn't notice that you had uh, speaking of Slack notifications I didn't notice that you had um <laughs> mm-hmm. put these pictures uh, on the on the thread. Um no, it was over the summer when I was buying it. It was 3 bucks. like 3. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, so that's that's a thing. I mean it's you, you
1: you mean so with the with my size uni, one of those nugget pizza dough packages is two pizzas. So even at $5 that's not bad but yeah not as good as 3 obviously
0: yeah and oddly i w- i will give a, if you don't live in an area that has a nugget nearby like so if you're somebody who lives in san francisco and doesn't make it to marin very often um uh safeway pizza dough is actually not that bad um trader joe's pizza dough is very bad so that's one of the things that you should not buy there but um yeah. Anyway, like it's it's interesting. I have thought recently. I have. It's been a very long time since I've made my own pizza dough. But I'm thinking ever since like I, this whole winter where we've had super short days and it's been really rainy, I've been much more into baking. I'm thinking of giving making pizza dough at home a better shot uh, and trying it again. But I did not know. Are you are you familiar? Because I assume you went down this rabbit hole. There's a thing called pizza flour, and it's it's typically noted by Number zero zero. Pizza um flower
1: I think I've. I, I'm sure I've heard of it, but I. I've never. I've never bought it for the times where I've made my own dough.
0: Yeah, like I was doing some research on it because uh, the. Uh, again, Reddit. It could be a, a mixed bag in a lot of places, but this pe- the pizza subreddit is actually a very wholesome place. Um, I did more research, and apparently, it's 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 a good fit for you, but not for me. Like it is. The the number zero zero pizza flour, and you can find it from King Arthur Bakery and Central Milling and a few other um places. It is very much geared towards homemade Neapolitan style dough where you're gonna be baking it at over seven hundred degrees. If you have like just your standard oven that's gonna get like max five hundred degrees, it actually would be a worse bake. Mm. So it's out for me. But if you ever decide to do your own, maybe worth exploring. It's also sometimes sold at Costco, but Again, that nugget pizza dough is very reliable and also requires zero work. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've kind of, um, I've waffled back and forth between buying that nugget dough and making my own dough. Making your own dough, it you know, becomes part of like the overall experience, which is fun. Um, harder to do at scale, though, as so many things are. <laughs> so if you're looking to, you know, pump out a number of pizzas, um, it's it can be, challenging um mm-hmm. but like yeah With like when you came over over the summer when it you know i'm just making three or four pizzas um i think you, you actually you you might have been uh, i think you you came over like the second time i think i've I ever made dough i think you actually might have gotten my best batch too which is why you've been so oh um, yeah complimentary of uh of the pizza because my you know my my pizza results have been uh a little all over the place i'd say well no with the uni. We, we...
0: Well, we we'll just like with all creative endeavors, we all only talk about the good times. That's right. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's mix it. Like okay. So let's let's keep moving. Uh, in term, let's let's keep it on the positive note. Um. This one was interesting. I, I was actually surprised to see you put this in here. Uh. Or, or actually, oh, oh, this was uh probably because it was linked by Electric. But uh, we talked about it in the past. But Tesla, uh a company doing interesting things led by a terrible person is uh, opening up its supercharger network slowly to non Tesla electric vehicles. Um, and there was a really, really, really good video by uh, a friend of the show, whether he knows it or not. Marquise Brownlee uh, also knows MKBHD. So he has his main channel, but he also has a car focused one called autofocus, which is also a very good name. That's a very good. Name. Um, like I, I, I resent him cause he's, he, he, He's so smart and talented. It 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 it, it frustrates me a lot. Mm-hmm. But no, he, he Autofocus is his channel where he it is like his main channel is also very good, but it's very highly produced. Whereas Autofocus one is just him with just like a camera phone, and he just talks about EVs and interesting stuff. But no, he did a really good video that I watched right before we started recording this, which was about. Um, him driving up to uh, southeastern New York to try charging his Rivian R1T truck at one of the retrofitted supercharger stations that now allows uh, non-Teslas to charge there. And yeah, it was it was super cool. I did not know it was going to be like a YouTuber convention. He ran into three other people basically doing the same thing. That was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like it 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 was cool. Like I I do think like it is interesting where you have to use the tesla app to do it and also you have to swipe through a bunch of stuff that says i want to charge my non-tesla which seems like dickish phrasing but um yeah it it was it was interesting and cool and it just it yeah the the way that tesla has implemented that feature to adapt the test does the tesla plug have a name or just the tesla charger
1: i think it's i think it's literally called the tesla connector is its actual name
0: yeah, they've and then they've got a little thing that they've retrofitted onto the and also a quick local follow up note. The Santa Fell Whole Foods superchargers are still not working as of two days ago. Um, uh, but yeah, the the which ones? The one at the Santa Fe Whole Foods still not active. Oh yeah, no, it's it's open. The as of yesterday, maybe they were offline. They still had the like the little oh, wrappers I, on them. I just did.
1: Hmm. We're talking about the one hmm. in downtown Santa Fell, The Whole Foods.
0: Yeah, across the shaders. I was there two days ago.
1: Oh, uh, I, huh, I was, I was. Maybe, there. They, maybe they were under maintenance. Um, but. I was, I was there two days ago
0: Sunday, and they were, they were very much open and completely full. Interesting, hmm. but um, but no, the so like yeah, the Tesla connector had a little thing where it's got a little uh doodad that will automatically attach a adapter that connects to is it called CCS.
1: That is, and then that little doodad is called the magic dock of course it is
0: um and yeah like it 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 it's it's interesting it's cool and it's not that this is coming out of um tesla's own uh benevolence because it opens them up to federal money for enhancing it's part of the infrastructure bill like it 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 has a reason as to why they are doing this but it, yeah i don't know it's it's an interesting uh thing to see and yeah people should go check out that video
1: yeah, um, MBKHD's video is it's so good because, well, it it does it does a few things. It it you know shows the process end to end and goes into a lot of detail, which which Tesla's been very light on on the details of as as to like how all this works. I mean, probably smartly so because they they kind of want to slowly roll this out. But I mean, I think the the most they've done is put out like a little two minute YouTube video that sh- that gives you instructions like it did they've been very you know light on the details so this video really you know provides those details which is awesome and but then the other thing that it does is it it really highlights what's kind of what what works well and what is potentially going to be just really kind of a nightmare (laughs) with trying to um use a supercharger station for other evs i think that the parts that work well seem to be the integration with the tesla app i mean i agree with you the, the the phrasing is a little passive aggressive but other than that this the software seems pretty solid and then the the actual you know the way that the the adapter is handled is is really neat where you know if you're a tesla driver that pulls up to one of these things you can just you know pull the handle out like you normally would and off you go but if you unlock the stall using the you know charging a non-tesla EV um, function in the app, then when you go to pull on the connector, um, you know it, it brings along the the CCS adapter with it, which is which is really clever. So like you know that end to end that seems like it's pretty well designed, but then the the parts that seem like they're going to be just kind of a bit of a mess are number one, which is the slightly less complicated thing to kind of talk about is is just like the cable length. So one of the things that um MBKHD's video does is show a um F-150 Lightning um that pulls up to try to use the supercharger. And even after pulling the car up like alarmingly close to like running into the, the supercharger, the cable was not quite long enough to reach the, the charging port.
0: So that's not great. Yeah, I- I always forget that test the supercharger stations all almost almost all require that you back into the I stall. I know,
1: I know. It's uh... which I, which I don't
0: mind, but also because because you have like your sorry no no offense you have your Casey list types who are people who are religious about backing into parking spaces whether it's a charging situation or not, which is which is kind of, kind of a addic- kind of kind of a lame thing. But but yeah, with superchargers you have to because the charging port is on the rear left.
1: Yeah, they they right. have some superchargers that are designed where you can pull straight into them, but the yeah the overwhelming majority you ha- you have to back in because yeah the the charging port is on the 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 back uh, driver's side of the car.
0: Yeah, so I mean I mean, I would assume that as Tesla is building up more of them, they will uh, now well, because of this they will well, they will increase cable length based well, we'll, we'll, on we'll this... get we'll
1: get to that yeah we'll get
0: to that. Um, oh, so wait, the, is there something I didn't see about that? Wait, there,
1: that? There there there's another part of the story. Um, okay, so, what's, so, what's that? Well, so the the other thing that um I think the video does a really good job highlighting, which is I think the bigger problem is that because these existing supercharger stations have all been built with Tesla's in mind, where the the chargers in the the rear driver's side of the car, you get into these really weird situations which, you know, um MBK-HD's, you know, Rivian highlighted where the charging port on that car is in the um the front of the car and so in order to have the cable be able to reach the charge port he actually had to park in the space which was not the space that was for the charger he was using but was using the charger that was technically for the space next to it so what you end up having to do is is essentially take up two spots in order to use one charger and, you know, especially here in California where, you know, superchargers can already be pretty full and people, you know, can I've never had any first hand experience of this, but there's plenty of stories of them out there where, you know, when lines are kind of long at superchargers and stuff, there's there's already, you know, not the happiest, most patient people. Um if you're somebody who's rolling up and taking two two spots, that's probably not going to be very well received um so yeah that 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 all was um that was pretty interesting to to see in action the thing that i think is going to end up happening is tesla retrofitting these existing supercharger stations like i think it's just going to kind of be what it is like it's not going to be perfect They're, they'll probably limit doing this to to stations that are maybe a little more lightly used um, because then some of the quirks around having to take up two spots and stuff aren't necessarily that big of a deal. But the other thing that Tesla is a, be, being rumored to start doing now is, so they're on like version three of the supercharger. The, the, the rumor is that they're starting to roll out version four. Um, and this is, this has just come out like in the past few days, and the, the thing with these is that they seem like they're going to be much more built in mind with third-party EVs. So the, the superchargers themselves are actually going to have like two separate cables, one that's much longer, the, that has, you know, a CCS adapter just built right onto it. And so that'll work a lot better with, you know, all kinds of EVs. And then presumably like the space layout will be kind of built or, you know, kind of have that in mind too. So... Yeah, well, we'll kind of see, we'll kind of see how it plays out. I mean, my my overall assumption is that Tesla's going to do basically the bare minimum t- in order to, you know, qualify for the the federal funding that they want. Um
0: and that'll be about it. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the part of it that like I think I, I I'm curious to see like how aggressively they roll this out because um, I do feel like this is going to cause issues with like Tesla owners being kind of upset that they're one of the, one of the most beneficial parts of owning a Tesla is kind of not going to be their own anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, overall it seems like a good thing. the one The one thing that part of the, about the video that I did not know uh, is. I also have no idea how much EV charging costs. And when he brought it up that he arrived at the charger with like 30% charge and got up to like 85, it was like $35. I have no idea how much yeah. Does that does that sound accurate?
1: Yeah, it, um charging is fairly pricey. Um it's still cheaper than gas but not not dramatically so. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's, it's a lot less expensive to, um, charge at home, especially if you're on some kind of like, you know, EV, you know, charge overnight kind of plan. Like I am PG
0: and E, well, PG and E has the whole thing of like off peak hours and you, you, you yes. choose whatever your power saving plan is it, or whatever.
1: Exactly. So it's, it's a lot cheaper to charge that way compared to a supercharger. So if like charging at home ends up being, you know, a pretty good deal, but yeah, charging, um, at a supercharger is, um, is pretty pricey.
0: Okay, we're running long, so let's blaze through a few things. So um, uh, (laughs) dovetailing from uh, a positive thing about Elmo to a terrible thing about Elmo. Uh, So Twitter, uh, a couple months ago, shut off its API for uh, existing developers, stating that the, uh, the developer agreement had a longstanding rule that you couldn't replicate the core function of the app, which was the thing they retroactively added and was complete horseshit. But um, they cut off API access uh, real fast for third party applications. And that put people like uh, TapBots that make TweetBot and Twitterific uh, and the Icon Factory in kind of a weird spot where their apps just didn't work anymore. It was pretty shitty. But the interesting thing here is that this week, uh, both those apps released updates to their app, uh, to an app that most people had probably already deleted because it n- didn't do anything anymore um and the app updates asked users to make a choice on whether or not they wanted to decline a automatic refund from the app store which is interesting the only reason i bring this up mainly is that did so was this apple going out of its way to try to be accommodating to tapbots and the icon factory or was it that Apple went out of their way to proactively offer refunds to people, putting them in a weird spot. Do you know? I don't think that's been
1: totally made clear. I've only heard people speculating as to what the details are here. My guess would be that it's, it's not Apple's normal policy to do some kind of proactive refund, but...
0: This is such a unique situation where, like, I, I I don't think Apple had a pre-existing API that would allow you, because like, because it kind of makes sense where Apple doesn't want to have to field a thousand or ten thousand support tickets. People being like, "Hey, I want a refund for this thing that doesn't work anymore." Um, but also I feel like they probably didn't have something built into like the App Store framework or APIs that said, "Hey." here's a way to opt out of an auto refund so i like it feels like they made extra effort one way or another but yeah this sucks because again it's a problem that was uh, unforced or like it, it like again it's just fucking elmo that that caused this to be an issue so yeah like both these both these apps had monthly or annual subscriptions and they had a product that they could like that they'd already designed but could no longer fulfill like the stated usefulness of so like it is kind of to a degree like sucks for the user that they're no longer getting what they allegedly paid for but it's also no fault of the software developers on their own so it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird situation where they're having to put the effort into releasing an update that basically begs you to not force them to Lose a bunch of money because a, a a billionaire had to go buy a social media thing to make people love him. I, like I mean, it's it's it just it 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 sucks all around. Mm-hmm. It does. Yep. All right. Um. I will actually defer to you on the most of this because I don't know anything about football, much less uh, college football.
1: Yeah, yeah I'd say it's, none, of, none of that stuff is super time sensitive. So, but it's probably okay. punt, punt, uh, punt um on all that look at you look at you (laughs) um you know that the iphone stuff i don't do you have anything there like we're we're
0: we're in the Mm -hmm. um i i well so a few things so so a couple things on the iphone 15 this will take three minutes or less so iphone 15 is going a base so there were two things so there were renders that i can't tell if these were uh leaked explicitly to 9to5 mac but they were um both of the iphone 15 and iphone 15 pro um there were cad drawings uh that were somehow made their way to them that show that one it's going to have USB C, which i don't think was actually a definite up until this point but that's interesting and also that the Buttons on the phone themselves are no longer going to be buttons. They're going to be some type of capacitive, like, just, like, touch targets on the side of the phone, which I, just because I'm, I'm stodgy and old and a complainer, like, I don't like that. And then the other thing that came out this week was that the mute switch is going to be leaving the phone as well, which I'm somebody who hasn't had my phone off mute for the past 10 years. <laughs> but it's one of those things like you never did you ever have a, a Palm Trio?
1: No, I don't think I did.
0: So the Palm Trio was was one of was one of the earliest proper smartphones. But it had one of the first actually I think it might I think it might have been the first smartphone or phone to ever have a mute switch where you would have a physical representation on the phone that you would know that your phone was going to not make any noise. And I think other than OnePlus phones, no Android phones have ever had this. And I've always thought that that was a very, very unique and nice affordance on iPhones. That you could always know that your phone was never going to make any noise, whether you had a watch or not. Like, it's just like, you just tap your pocket and just know that, hey, no sounds. And apparently they're going to do this whole thing where everything's going to be a fucking, like, it's going to be, it's going to be touch sensitive. I'm not trying to hate on it before it actually happens, but like it just yeah, it proactively thumbs down to both of these changes.
1: Yeah, we'll see.
0: Um, eh, Amazon ghost stores. So San Francisco had five or four of them. Four, and I, think, yeah. I haven't been able to tell entirely, but it sounds like all of them. Yeah. Are closing in That's the Bay correct. Area. They have like twenty three nationwide, and nine of them are closing. But basically, all the ones in interesting places are going away, and that bums me out. Like I, 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 I can't. Like I mean, I, I drive by one frequently, but I, I haven't been in one in a very, very long time. But like so, it, it so, a, you're
1: the, you're the problem.
0: I, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you, I don't think you get that reference because you haven't listened to her album. But um, like it just. I I like that idea. Like I, th- I think I think it's interesting. Like I would much rather go into an Amazon Ghost store than go to a, like a Walgreens or a CVS or whatever. But yeah, apparently they are scaling back their. Well, this is the other part that's weird: is that Amazon during the pandemic closed all of their Amazon Four Star locations, and I do think they also closed the Amazon Book Star location bookstore locations. But then. Adam Jaffe, Andy Jaffe, something like that. Like said that they were going to double down on retail again, but then a month later, they're like, "Now we're closing all the Amazon Go stores." So, like, well, I, what what I what,
1: what they what they've said is that they they feel like there is a retail format that they either know about internally or or aren't talking about, or maybe are still kind of internally working through. That's going to basically end up kind of replacing all of the existing um physical retail formats they've had so that that's thing that's kind of the, the part that we're in right now is all of these kind of existing trial balloons they've put out there um they're they're shutting down
0: yeah i don't know like it's it's interesting i still I don't think it's in Irvine, but there is a. There's one in DC, and there's one in in Southern California somewhere. Tustin, I think. Yeah, where they've got kind of it's not a Whole Foods. I think it's just called Amazon Fresh, but they have a scaled up, just walk out technology, which is the brand name for what was in Amazon Go that allowed you just to scan a QR code and then they bill you for whatever you leave the store with. They had one that's a much more like full on grocery store. And I do really want to visit that, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting, but yeah, uh, I I will have to make an effort to go get a single spindrift and a pesto sandwich of some short uh, some sort to complete the loop on that. Uh and then Amazon bought uh, faced no objection in buying one medical. Meh. Um. Oh yeah, can you explain this Mandalorian thing to me real quick?
1: Oh yeah, I mean this is somewhat timely given that the Mandalorian just came back last week. Um, So this this Engadget article does provides a really good overview of a topic that's that's been kind of a thing for a while, especially um, during the Marvel era, where there's been kind of this trend where you want to have like this connected universe where, you know, all your shows and movies kind of intersect with each other and have kind of a, a a shared sort of narrative. Um and The Mandalorian was a kind of a particularly um I guess kind of a, a egregious example of this where um season 2 ended on like this you know really surprising big cliffhanger which was then completely resolved surprisingly during um the book of boba fett which was um this you know standalone boba fett series that disney put out in between seasons 2 and 3 of the mandalorian um like the that it was a um
0: in the new testament
1: <laughs> um i think the book of boba fett was like seven episodes maybe but like the last 3 ended up just becoming season 2.5 of The Mandalorian and again like completely resolves what happened at the end of season 2 can and you it,
0: real real quick so i've my limited exposure to Star Wars is i know boba fett was a bounty hunter correct. accurate that's that's right yeah so is that also what the mandalorian is i guess what 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 is the connection between those two characters i do not know what a mandalorian is other than there's a billboard I drive by near my house that shows that apparently he now has a jetpack.
1: Uh, yeah. So so the Mandalorian was a bounty hunter, not so much anymore. And both him and Boba Fett are Mandalorians, believe it or not. Um, Wait, what? They, so what is, it's what? Is, like, it? It's like a... Well, so there's Mandalore, <laughs> which is the planet, um, and then there are... Well, there's native people from the planet of Mandalore, although both... The Mandalorian and Boba Fett are not that, but um it it's a um a, a society, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, smile smile and nod. <laughs> um and
1: so there's so there's this weird dynamic where and I you know I don't think the number of people who fall into this category is probably super super big but if you are somebody who watches the mandalorian but did not watch the book of boba fett you would start season 3 of the mandalorian which just started last week and go like like what the hell happened because like the 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 state of the characters you know at the beginning of season 3 is is nothing like what they were at the end of season 2 and that's you know the the bridge between those is is those three episodes of the book of Boba Fett. So if you hadn't seen that, it it would be just wildly confusing. Um, and you know, and in, and in like here, you know, it wasn't like in the, we're talking about you know three seasons of TV that have spanned you know, almost three years. Like the the season two of the Mandalorian ended in early December, 2020. And then now season three, you know, hasn't come out until March, 2023. So I think part of the reason why they did what they did was because there's, there was a bunch of like COVID delays and stuff with season three of the Mandalorian. So, um, you know, they knew there was going to be this big gap and, um, so it it you know kind of made sense to to put that into the book of boba fett but you know if if you start to go down this path which marvels definitely done where it's like you know multiple tv shows a year and multiple movies and you've got to kind of watch all of it to you know f- follow the thread um that just becomes kind of a lot so I don't know a very kind of low stakes, you know, interesting
0: problem. But well, no, that that, that I mean, that makes that that sounds plausible. That's kind of like you know, as an outsider, I always felt like the whole thing is that sci like appreciating sci-fi is just like a shit ton of work because you have to know all the stuff, and that that's the thing where if, if they want you to now have to watch like like it's kind of like it with Better Call Saul. If you had like watching Breaking Bad was not a prerequisite to. Understand what was happening in the thing, but if they suddenly had those things operating in parallel or like that was necessary, that would have made better call Saul much less satisfying watch so that's no that that's entirely fair,
1: yeah, and one um I mean not not this is a little bit of a um um tangent, but you know an, another dynamic with the Mandalorian, which is kind of the same idea is that one of the executive producers was also i don't know if he was an executive producer or maybe he was even a writer. Um, of a couple of different Star wars animated series, and w- w- none of which i 've seen um, where a lot of the generally like smaller story beats but but a lot of the um kind of characters and concepts um in the Mandalorian are actually originally from those animated shows and you, you know if you 're somebody who 's seen all that stuff you, you kind of end up getting a bit more out of it which you know i've always had a little bit of fomo you know around that like oh because i haven't seen all that other stuff like maybe there's some stuff in the
0: mandalorian i'm missing well the easter eggs are fun but if it if if it's required viewing in order to ostensibly enjoy what you're watching that that's part that's less cool yeah no it's it's nothing
1: nothing like what they did with the book of oba fett where it, it, it literally continues the main story and and resolves this like you know big kind of plot twist at the end of season two um it's it's not anything like that but it but it does it is kind of part of that idea of like you got to watch all this different stuff in order to like fully you know
0: um keep up with with what's going on yeah um and then let's see Okay, so pushing all the streaming stuff. The one thing, because I, I actually don't think there's a ton to discuss here, but mostly a call-out. So uh, Joanna Stern, oh, actually, oh, this, uh, this link is broken, but we'll, we'll find another one. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal, Joanna Stern wrote about kind of an interesting concept, that, and it's it's very, it's very worth reading. The, the headline was something I initially wanted to hate or thought was not, was kind of like alarmist. But basically, the point is that there have been a string of, or there's been a like kind of an emerging form of crime, or like of robberies of people like stealing people's iPhones, which has been a a thing forever. And that's why. Um, uh, actually, let me get you a new link in the thing. Like, like buying iPhones or stealing iPhones has been a, a crime ever since they ever came out. But that's when Apple released Find My iPhone, and that eliminated a lot of that. But there's a new crime that highlights a fairly interesting problem. Um, The headline here is, a basic iPhone feature helps criminals steal your entire digital life, which feels very alarmist. And initially, I wanted to push back on that. But it kind of makes sense because when you think about um, your phone and the biometrics, like, so (laughs) I was going to ask, who do you bank with? And I'm I'm actually not sure that's actually that private a question. But like a lot of sensitive apps that I have on my phone can be unlocked by just having your iPhone passcode as opposed to the actual password for the service itself. So the 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 rub here is that if you live in a highly populated area, one of the new cr- uh, tactics criminals will use is they will not just steal your phone, but they will observe you before choosing you as a target to steal your phone. And when they have your passcode, they basically have access to way more than you would expect on your phone itself. Um, And the interesting part here is that if you ever... Have you ever forgotten your iCloud or Apple ID password? No. If you ever do and need to reset it, you can do so very easily. You go to... You unlock your phone. You go to settings, tap your name, tap iCloud, tap password and security. And the only proof of identity that apple requires is your iphone unlock code and then you can change your apple id password so if i were to steal your phone but saw that your password was 420 420 or whatever like you would i could just go into those iCloud settings and change it and then i could also change the trusted phone number that is associated with your apple id and i have essentially stolen your entire digital life and you have no recourse over that and i had did not need to know your Apple ID password and you are basically screwed. So this is, this is an interesting problem, but not one that I think has an immediate solution, but this is a very interesting and detailed article that explains the, the basic crime, the victims and Apple's response to it. And kind of that it feels like kind of an unsolvable or not. I mean like a a problem that doesn't have an immediate solution. And yeah, like just the approach here and the detail is extremely nuanced. Like she's not just like Joanna Stern like is a very smart reporter. Like she doesn't just say that like oh yeah, like Apple's screwing you, but like this is a very complicated problem that just has a lot of vectors of attack and just like yeah, it's it's way more interesting than people would think. So uh yeah, people should check out this article and read it and um yeah, be careful with
1: with your phone. hmm. Yes.
0: All right, kicking a few things next week. Are you ready for chef specials?
1: I mean, yes and no. I I I, I, I don't I don't think I have one again this week. I'm kind of um, kind of at a, at a phase where I'm I'm not really like not buying a lot of stuff.
0: Okay, what's some what's something that you used this week that uh, you liked, whether or not it's been a chef special in the past?
1: Um, still really really like this MacBook Air that I'm recording on right now
0: but you would have wished it was 15 inches i i, I don't though because
1: I, <laughs> I have a big ass 16 inch macbook pro so that if i mm. if i want a big you know big portable
0: laptop screen i've I've already got that covered did you listen to have you been keeping up with upgrade i'm yeah i'm about halfway through this week's but not this, this week i think it was like maybe a month ago i found it really funny when mike asked um like, he actually put out the call oh, saying, yeah! If you, if, you, if you have a 16-inch MacBook Pro, please tell me why. Mm-hmm. And I very much sympathize with that idea because I, I can't imagine who who are the, the people buying 16-inch MacBook Pros. I found that very funny. And also, that the next week right afterward, he immediately regretted asking for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you had—actually, when, when you got your work laptop, did you have any influence? Like, could you have requested the 14? Yes. Mm-hmm. D- why did you choose the 16?
1: I like having the biggest screen
0: possible, but don't you use an external display with it? I do
1: most of the time, but when I'm using it as a standalone machine i I want the biggest display
0: interesting cool all right you should see my mic
1: um yeah i um yeah and and the 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 size and weight don't
0: don't really bother me. Yeah, I, I I don't know where I'm getting off on my high horse because, again, as we've noted on the show many times, I'm, I'm the jackass that bought a 17-inch mm-hmm. laptop to go to college with. Mm-hmm. But now I think even my 14-inch MacBook Pro is too big. And if the 13-inch MacBook Air had an SD card slot, I would absolutely go buy that instead. All right, my chef special sending you a link. This is a, an evergreen pick. Uh, But for any uh, concert or noisy event, um, people should have earplugs, and these are, despite their rating, um, these are the, hands down, the best uh, earplugs that you can get. Um, They're very comfortable, and they are uh, very good.